You make software. We're here to help you do it better. I'm Mark Littlewood. You're listening to the Business of Software podcast, where we share talks from our conferences and discussions with software people that will make you think. You can find out more at businessofsoftware.org. In today's episode, we're talking jobs to be done. If you want to understand why your customers behave in the way that they do and the jobs they want your products to do, sit down, listen to this interview and take away ideas that will give you inspiration for new marketing messages, new insights into finding and motivating customers and learn what makes your customers switch to or from your product. It's very rarely what they're telling you. Enjoy and be prepared to be surprised. We're here to talk about jobs to be done and hopefully introduce you to a, uh, a new way to talk to consumers about why they buy what they buy. So Mark and I started talking a couple months ago about uh, us coming here and doing the talk. He said, you can have one person present. I said, we need two. <laughs> we got two. I said, we need about eight hours to spread <laughs> this concept and really get it embedded in people's heads. He said, you get one hour. So, so what we're going to do is blast through this presentation, give you the, the, the framework and kind of the basics of what's going on, and then we're going to do a live interview up here. And we're going to talk to somebody about a car that they bought, and we're going to get to the bottom of what motivated them to buy the, the, the car. The best way to, to introduce the framework is just to demonstrate it. We can talk about it all day, but when you see it in action, it really kind of brings home why we ask the questions that we ask and, and why we try to, to get to causality. You have the clicker? I have the clicker. Yeah. I'm Chris Speck. This is my partner, Bob Mesta. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So my, my background is I'm an engineer. Basically, I've developed a, a lot of different products. And um, what I, got, I struggled with was how the marketing information I got didn't help me figure out the features and benefits I really need to work on. And so this method was developed from that um, challenge, if you will. But the, the, the key to me is that when you start to talk to consumers, you find that the struggling moment, the moment where they say, God, I couldn't do that, it's when they start to look for something new. And so to me, it's finding those struggling moments in their life to find out where they need a new product. And are they willing to go the distance? Because there are a lot of people talk the talk, but don't walk the talk. So how do we actually find people who can make the trade-off to make the progress? So the struggling moment is the seed of innovation. Go ahead. So uh, I'm Chris Speck. I, I grew up in the, in the web space in the 90s, ran a custom software development shop, um, and then went on to start the Rewired Group with Bob, um, mostly out of a desire to have that deeper understanding about how people shop and why people buy. And this was mostly out of um, just repeated failure. And it was just <laughs> launching things that uh, we hoped were going to catch on in the market, being positive at the onset that we understood the consumer need and then not getting the traction that we would get. And Bob introduced me to jobs to be done and said there's, there are um, deeper patterns that you can uncover and there's an actual method to do it. And what I always say is what, what's the consumer going to stop doing when they start using your product? There are things in the market that are, that are additive. We can add new behavior, but um, oftentimes we want them to stop using the credit cards in their wallet and start using our mobile payment solution. And what is the transformation that they need to go through to, to get to that point? Yep. It's always what we want to answer. So I've been developing products for a long time. I know I don't look that old, but I really am. Um, I'm, I'm almost 50. Basically, I've developed over 3,000 products between Chris and I and kind of the firm and done everything from macaroni and cheese 
all the way to uh, the Patriot missile. And so what our expertise is really around developing products, but what you find if you don't have the core job that somebody's trying to get done, you can develop anything and it doesn't work. It doesn't get sold, it doesn't create a business. And so this notion of the jobs to be done is really important at the essence of innovation, as Rita pointed out. So what we want to do is make sure you understand the basic framework of how to do it. Go ahead. Uh, so, so this is really the, 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 the core of what we're talking to. And this is from Theodore Levitt from Harvard Business School. And essentially what he said is, people don't want to buy the drill. They don't want the newer, fancier drill. They want the whole. They want the outcome. So if you're able to nail the outcome or the progress the person is trying to, to make in their life, you can essentially take the solution out of it and start to think about different ways that you could create the outcome. So if they're trying to hang a picture, do they really need a hole? Can we have some fancy 3M adhesive that they can stick on the wall? What are the, we call them uh, uh, technology independent solutions that will help this person make progress in their life? And this, the, get, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. this gets to Rita's point around the notion of how do you, um, what are, what, what's the arenas, right? So what you actually find out is that in the consumer's mind, what, they, what they're thinking of and what you think of as com competition is completely different. So all of a sudden you find that cars don't compete with cars. Cars keep, compete with bikes. Cars compete with taxis. Cars keep, compete with um, uh, rental services. There's a whole host of things that you start to realize that even at that level, okay, that's obvious. But if you think about a Snickers and a Milky Way, they actually don't compete. People don't think of a Snickers bar and go, oh yeah, maybe I'll have a Milky Way. They think of a Snickers and things like um, you know, a sandwich, a Coke, other things. And so it's what are these competitive arenas from the consumer's perspective, not from the industry perspective? Go ahead. Go, go. You want me to do this one? Yeah. All right. So here's the thing. This, this is one of my favorite sayings all the time. I say, you know, people, people, well, I don't really get it yet. I'm like, okay, do you like steak or do you like pizza? And most people will say, I like both, right? And so the notion is, is that when you really start to think about steak and you put, think about the last steak situation, okay? You were out, you were celebrating, you were with family or you were with friends, you were, you know, had a good bottle of wine and what happened if I took the steak out and put pizza in it? How much do you like pizza then, right? And if I do it vice versa, you find the same thing. So what happens is we, we tend to uh, uh, leave out all the context. Context adds value. And in some cases, context has more value than your product. So being at the right place at the right time is where you want to make sure you figure this out. So the notion is, is in this case, you know, content is what you make, but context is what it means to them. And if you don't have the meaning, you, it's very hard to make the trade-offs. As an engineer, as a developer, we can't provide everything to everybody. We need to make trade-offs. Our ultimate job is to make the right trade-offs to make a profitable product. But if I don't have the context, I can't make the trade-offs. So it's about the essence of making sure we not only understand what we can make, but the notion of what's the context that's going to be used. So to a certain extent, this um, conflicts with uh, or adds on to uh, what we usually think of, of uh, demographic, psychographic sort of segmentation. So Clay Christensen spoke here a couple of years ago about jobs to be done. And he, he says it very eloquently in that he said the fact that I'm a 65-year-old professor at the Harvard Business School is not why I bought the New York Times this morning. There's something going on in my life, some progress that I need to make. It's the situation that drives me to buy that. This has this, uh, the, a similar context. We can't say that, that old executives eat steak and college kids eat pizza 
just blindly. We need to understand that situational context to understand when they'll pick one and when they'll pick the other. So the, the essence of jobs is being able to find the context that people are in, find out what they're trying to do, what's the hiring criteria and the firing criteria of what they're currently using. Because in some cases, I would say there are no new jobs. People would just make progress from the old job. And so if we can actually understand the hiring, the firing, and the progress they're trying to make, and then understand basically what product or service they pick, because at the end of the day, consumers make trade-offs all day. They'll say they want this and want this and want this, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, this is a good, good deal, right? And so part of it is, how do we actually understand their version of a good deal in reality versus in, for, in looking forward? Because they can't, they can't put themselves in that situation. So if we ask them about what they're going to do, we'll never get the information we need. So the notion here is that we have this thing called the job to be done interview, which we're going to show you. And it's about looking back, and we only talk to people who have bought. So for example, we work with Jason Fried at 37 Signals, and we, we basically at, we talked to uh, you know, what, seven people who had just purchased Basecamp. Right? Why did they buy Basecamp? Of all the things they did, why Basecamp, why now? And then we actually talked to seven people who left Basecamp. Why'd they leave? And it weren't people who left from, from oh, I had no project. It was people who left to go to something else. And so if you focus on the switching aspects of this thing, we then can find the hiring criteria to say, when other people get in that situation, how do I actually design the product to actually fit in that situation? So it's pulling out that centerpiece and saying, now I can develop new things to fit in it. Okay? So the notion here is, what we want to be able to do is get to the essence of the hiring criteria of why did somebody hire, it's the causality. This happened, this happened, this happened, boom, they bought this understand the causal relationships helps us design better and better products and services, by the way. Anything else on that one? Nope. All right. So we're going to talk about two frameworks today. Uh, one is the forces diagram, and one is the jobs to be done timeline, which illustrates the stories that we hear about how people shop and buy. And then we're going to try to get to an extra one, which is the, the Kano model of quality. So the, the first one, if you take away one thing from this presentation today, I hope that it's this forces model. So we've tried to unpack and describe the forces that are acting on somebody as they switch to a new product. So it doesn't work for repeat. If you're buying Tide laundry detergent every month and you're going through the aisle and you're throwing it in your cart, there's no energy in that system. Until something new enters your mind and, and, and gets you thinking, hey, I could make some progress here. I could, my laundry could be brighter. I could do it faster. That's when we start down this path. So there are four forces that describe that change. The push of the current situation is all about me, the consumer. What's going on in my life that is making me think that I need to change and make, make, uh, make some progress to do something different? I can stay in that state infinitely. If all I'm thinking of is I need to do something different, I need to do something different, I'll stay there. It's, we call it running on a treadmill. Until something comes into my life that introduces a new possibility, a concept of a new way, a product, a solution, a, a web service, something pops in. And that service or that solution will, call it, will, will create magnetism. We call it pull. So now I have a force that's pushing me. I have my current situation. And I have a pull of that new product or new service and everything related to it. 
So we call this like above the waterline. Below the waterline, right when I start to realize that this, this service or product could help me make progress, I have anxiety about it. I start thinking about all the things that I might not be able to, to accomplish with it. Um, will it deliver on its promises? Will I be able to use it effectively? Do, do I personally have the skills to use that product? There's anxiety, so there's something pulling against me. And then finally, there's, there's the habit of the present. In order to do this new thing, sometimes I have to give up what I'm doing now. The, the level up credit card example was fantastic. It's a perfect way to illustrate this. We've all, a lot of us have looked at our wallet and said, I have all these credit cards that I'm carrying around. I have to pay them all separately. I've got to juggle them all the time when I'm at the, uh, at the, at the cash register. There's push. Might not be a huge push, but I've had the thought in my mind, I could carry less credit cards. Level up comes along. There's pull. Not just technology pull, but like I want to be the guy at the cash register with this cool new thing. There's a social aspect to it. So it might save me money, but there might be something that's going to do between me and my friends. Creating that magnetism, that pull. Tons of anxiety. I know how to use my credit cards. The bill comes every month. I know how to pay them. This is going to be a whole new thing. What if my phone dies? Now I'm at the cash register. I have no idea how to. So I'm running through this entire process, habit of the present. I got to call everyone in my credit card companies and say that I'm canceling the move to this thing. I don't know how to get rid of them. If I have unpaid balances, can I transfer? How do I do that? All of this will happen. It happens in an instant if you're at the checkout line buying a pack of gum. It happens over a period of years buying a house or a car. But think about the next time that you make a purchase, how these are affecting you. Think about your product and how these forces are acting on your consumers, and hopefully it'll give you, give you a new lens. The, this can be seen as a math equation. So when the top two are greater than the bottom two, we call that a tip. It's, it's a switch, and it changes over time. We'll talk yep. about the timeline yep. next. The important thing to remember is most of the time people add more pull, more features. Oh, we'll get people to be more excited about this product if we add this and this and this to it. But the, the, what they don't understand is the anxiety. Half, half the time what we do is we help companies just take crap out of their product so people will buy it because of the anxiety. And so what people never ask is the anxiety. And the question is, how do you get to that anxiety? Because nobody will actually tell you they're afraid. But they will if you talk about something in the past. Next slide. So the other key framework of this is called the timeline, which is it's really kind of strange. But to be honest, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And Almost every purchase happens in this cycle, in these phases. There's a first thought, God, you, know, I sh you know, so I did a lot of work in moving and housing, right? I, it's time to move, right? People have the first thought. To be honest, 80% of the people have the first thought between Thanksgiving and New Year's, at least in the US, right? They go through this phase called passive looking. Yeah, I know, I thought about it. I'm not investing, but if something comes by me, I look at it. And then there's an event. Something happens. My kids got to go to school. One of my friends gets sick. In terms of if I'm downsizing, what happens is if they, all of a sudden the, 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 the people look at each other and say, it's time to move. And guess what? We, you know, we got to do something about this. And so that event one all of a sudden becomes where they start to actively invest time and energy to figure out what to do. And then there's an event two, which usually is time bound. Put some criteria around what's gonna happen that says, we need a car now. We need a house now. And then they go to that deciding phase. So there's this thing on, on the web, which is really interesting, is people think if you come to the site that everybody's buying. A lot of times people are just, they're just looking. They're shopping. They're trying to shape up what they're trying to do. 
as opposed to actually deciding, right? And then they buy and then they consume. The most important aspect of this is we don't ask people from coming back here to say, oh, I love this product and tell me about it. We actually have them tell the story as if they were going through it again. The important aspect of this is, guess what? Half the features they love, they actually didn't think about when they bought it. And so what happens is, is we need to understand the essence of the product, the essence of the experience that they were thinking about and deciding on at the moment they decided. And so the key here is to make sure that we get enough information to understand what we call the dominoes. It's like uh, Ryan Singer, who we work with at 37, he's, he basically came up with this notion that there's these dominoes that you've got to understand that, okay, this product ended up on the table. This is where, what you've got. How did it get here? Tell me the story of how this got here. And as you back it out, you start to realize there's a series of causalities. And guess what? There's a pattern to the causality. And you do one interview, you do two interviews, you do 10 interviews, you actually start to see the patterns. And the patterns help you see where the opportunities are. And they help you see the real competitive set, et cetera. That, so we, we threw this one as a bonus. We got a, I, I'm going to, uh, two minutes on this yeah. one. This is a guy by the name of Dr. Kano. He's from Japan. I met him in the 80s when I worked in Japan. But he, he actually highlighted something really important that not all attributes are the same, right? So not all features and attributes are the same when somebody says something. There's three different types. The first, so let me go the vertical axis. The, at the bottom here is I'm very dissatisfied to the top is very satisfied. Like I'm ecstatic about this thing, right? And then on the right-hand side, it's like I didn't do it at all. And then on the left-hand side, oh no, let me see. Yeah, on the right-hand side, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the right-hand side, it's, I, I really, I did it, I achieved it. And then on the left-hand side, they didn't do it at all. And so let me give you an example in a car. Brakes. I love my brakes, right? But if I put 10 more dollars in brakes to let you stop a foot shorter, how satisfied are you? Not really. But if, if the brakes don't work, how satisfied are you? <laughs> right? So the notion is he calls that expected quality. Those are ex ex expected or basic quality requirements. And then there's things like gas mileage. When I do it, people are really excited. When I don't do it, people are really dissatisfied. And then there's this third set called excitement attributes, which is when I don't do it, it really isn't that big a deal. But when I do do it, wow, I'm really excited. Remote starter, right? There's certain things that, that you end up doing to, uh, you know, the, the, the integration with Pandora. All these kinds of things like I didn't expect it, I didn't want it, but when you did it, oh, I love it. Here's the thing is, this model, what is excitement today becomes performance tomorrow. And what is performance today becomes basically basic tomorrow or ex expected tomorrow. So what you want to be able to do is the reason why we need to always be talking to our customers is we need to know when things shift. What becomes basic is really important. We don't need to over-invest in basic quality or, ex or uh, expected quality. We need to basically invest in performance and excitement quality. Okay. So what we want to do is we have 36 minutes. We're going we're gonna to do an interview. Where's Tyler? Can we welcome Tyler down? Tyler has basically agreed to do an interview with us. Right here, buddy. We got to get my, my water's over here. Oh, we got answers. All right. Uh, can you put the forces diagram up? Sure. Just because it's the easiest one to point to. There we go. All right. You gonna kick it off? Hot seat. Hot, Hot seat. seat. It's not that bad. Lights are a little bright. <laughs> All right. So 
Go ahead, you kick it off. You do it. You always do it better than I do. So we're doing some real early stage research on how people shop for and buy cars. So we're going to go on and do some real formal, crazy, huge research months down the road. But all we're trying to do at this point is get language around how people des describe their car shopping and buying experience. Right. right. So we're looking for just your story, how you came to buy <coughs> the, the car that you bought. Okay. No right or wrong answers because it's just your story. And there are going to be times where we're kind of we're vague and we're kind of up in the atmosphere, and then we're going to go really, really deep. And the way to think about it is. It's as if uh, I was filming a documentary about how people shop for cars over the last 25 years. And I was, I'm standing over your shoulder, you're in the dealership, I wanna know everything that I need to describe that scene. Who was with you, what time of day was it, what was the, what was the salesperson like? Kind of set the scene for me so I can recreate it and I can kind of relive it. Okay. Make sense? Yep. We're gonna go for about 35 minutes. Game on is when the phone is up, game off is when the ga phone is down, game off is mean we're gonna talk to you. So game on, game off. So part of it is I want this half of the room to think of yourselves as a car manufacturer. I want you to think about features and benefits and everything that he's gonna talk about his car. Over here, I want you guys to think about yourself as a car dealer, the person who's actually delivering the car. So listen to this interview as if you're the service provider of bringing the car to the market. Go ahead. So what did you buy? What car did you buy? I bought a 2012, uh, Comfort Line Volkswagen Jetta. Comfort Line. What color is it? Silver. Silver. Have you named it yet? No. Do you name your cars? No, I'm not a car guy at all. You're not a car guy at all. Wh when did you buy it? Uh, I think it was February 28th of this year. So, and it was definitely the end of February. The end of February. Okay. okay. Where did you? What dealer? Some super shady looking used car dealer. <laughs> Wow. In an industrial lot, like outside of Toronto. Really? Yeah. Was, you, you didn't I go was to like, this is not. You didn't go to a, You didn't go to a, a dealer. I, I did, but after that, I was like, I'm willing to deal with anyone. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Your your bar's really low, guys. <laughs> All right. So when did you have the first thought that you needed a car? Like. Um. So I was using a, a car rental, or car sharing, like a zip car, yeah. um, and like renting cars when I need them longer. Mm -hmm. And I really, really didn't want to buy a car. I used to own a car, so I was always pushing against it. And um, my wife wasn't against owning one, but she wanted to have one. So we had a baby, um, and my wife was on maternity leave for a year, mm -hmm. and. Um, I was like, well, someday in the future, we're probably going to need a car. But let's, like, I had friends who had kids and they didn't have cars. I was like, let's hold out as long as we can. And so, then. So, this is one of those things where you're just in your mind, just like, don't want it, don't want right. anything to do it. I, don't I know want it's to, there. I don't want to maintain a car. So you're literally want. pushing it out of your mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think what, like, made me finally go, okay, we'll start looking at cars was because we were using, like, Zipcar or, renting a car, um, sometimes it would just be easier to use. Um, my wife's family lives like an hour outside of Toronto. And we take these like commuter trains. And she missed the commuter train once, and they only came once an hour. And she was on a like commuter train platform with a six-month-old in the winter in Toronto for an hour. 
I was like, I would murder someone if I was like if I was in her scenario. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's start looking for a car. So it wasn't that it happened to her. It was the yeah. fa- it was the fact that you didn't want it to happen right. to you. Right. I was like, my my the fact that the fact that I don't. I'm like, the fact that I don't want to buy a car, like, just stranded my wife on a platform with my six-month-old son. It's, it's, it's bad enough for that, but it's, the notion is, like, well, okay. Wait, so, wait, let's not, right. what was the conversation with her? Was she, was this, like, you've been keeping me from buying a car and no, I got stranded? No, not at all. She was, like, she, I was angrier about the scenario. I was, like, oh, my God, stupid go train. Like, yep. they can't run trains on time. Um, she was just, like, oh, you know, he was, like, Edison didn't. He was in he was in good behavior and blah blah blah, so it wasn't a big deal. Edison's your son? Yeah. What's what's the name of your wife? Uh, Oreo. Oreo and I, I told her last night that you, I was like, yeah, these guys might interview me. So she's like, okay, whenever you refer to me, refer to me as your stunningly beautiful wife. Perfect. <laughs> and, on, and, on she the is, <laughs> and she is. So help, help me with the time a little bit. When, when was the baby born? Uh, June twenty sixth of twenty twelve. Okay. So so the year isn't up yet. No. Right? No, no, no. So, so at this point in time, it's like she's, it's February, somewhere, when, when, when was she stranded? What was the date she was stranded? Uh, I think it must have been like early January. Early January. So, uh, so, was it, so you had... Early January, maybe late December, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Like definitely winter time. Yeah. So, so, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't so soon. It literally, you took six weeks, eight weeks to find a car still. Yeah. So how often was she going to her parents? Um... Well, like, I'm sure we probably went, like, every week or two, but, but you had then there's, like, a mishmash of, like, so, like, I found, a, like, a really good enterprise dealership near our place, so, like, they would, drop, like, pick up and drop off a car, so, like, renting a car from them wasn't that bad, and then, like, Zipcar, like, I would just be, like, okay, well, if I got to pay, like, a daily rate from them, I just will, or, like, get a lift into Hamilton with her sister or something like that. So there's like a mishmash of solutions, right? Was that the last time she took the train? Or was the train out at that point? Or uh, you know it might have been. Might have been a lot. Like she might have taken it maybe one more time. I don't think I've ever taken the go train since then. Okay. Since then. It was like out. <laughs> well just like well the logistics of it is like you gotta like you got the baby's car seat on the stroller in there and then like whoever's picking you up at the train station, like where you're going, like my father in law picking it up is like then you got to put the car seat in his car, and I was just like, okay, well, so like, and I got to inconvenience other people. So it's a, it's a whole bunch of things, but that, that yeah. one extra thing just went. Phew. Yeah, I'm just like, all right. So, so when did you start to look? Did you go online, or did you go to a dealer? Did you, how, how, how did you go get over it? Uh, I started looking online. I, I guess because with Zipcar and with renting cars, I'd driven like, I don't know, like every brand and model of like kind of sedan that I was probably going to consider. Yeah. Because um, I knew like I'm just a frugal person by nature. So like I'm going to buy something like relatively cheap. Um, so I had an idea of what I wanted. Uh, and so then, yeah, I would have totally been researching online. So, so what, I want to know the first. So I can kind of feel like the energy of like, oh, my God, she was stranded. She's kind of dealing with it. But in your mind, you're just like, this, this is no good. Do you remember the first time, it's like open the laptop or drive to the, what did you do the very first time that you actually like started, started, started thinking about it? Yeah. Thinking about it? I must have gone online and been like, what, because I probably didn't even, I didn't probably have a concept of what a new car even cost yeah. at that point. So I, I, I used to own a Volkswagen, like that was the car I owned when I used to live in Seattle, yep. but I never drove it. So when I moved back to Toronto, I got rid of it. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure the first thing I probably did was went to Volkswagen's website to see what a new Golf or jet or something. But it, but it sounds like you actually looked at enterprise. You looked at other solutions. Like the, the car thing was still off the table at some point in time because you're looking for other solutions. Oh yeah, like I, I like 
I either walk or bike to work. Like I we never, like we rarely ever drive a car. Uh, like we only use it for going to family or like driving to IKEA or like that kind of stuff. Like, like driving to a, what's that like? To IKEA? Yeah. Uh, not that bad. Like just because of where we are in the city. So, but so you don't only you still only need a car every once in a while. I don't understand how you got a car. Oh, because the like, well, so if you want to, you like. If you want to go to IKEA in a zip car, yeah. it's like, okay, I gotta like try and guess how long like everything's gonna take me. So it's like, okay, this is probably should only be like a 90 minute trip, but I gotta rent the car for four hours because maybe my son's gonna like take a longer nap and I gotta get a and it's like harder to book them on the weekend and I don't wanna have to walk too far from them and I gotta put the car seat in the stroller and like there's all this extra time that I spend getting to the car, building up, and then whatever might extend the trip. And then when you're like, oh God, I just like spent an hour in Ikea and like I'm really like ready to kill someone, then instead of just going home and be like, oh, at least I'm done for the day, I gotta drive back to the Zipcar parking lot, go and then get my son out of our car seat and put him in a stroller and then walk like 20 minutes back to my house. And like and in all the steps he probably wants to like just go for a nap or something. And so it's like, okay, I just wasted several hours of my time with this loop and so, it's, so in the end, this is about just convenience. It's just making yeah. it that much easier. Yeah. All right. So help me, get me to the first like, car search car. Like, at some point, when are you like, are you, where are you? So are you, you said, Google? You said VW, the, yeah, like the VW dealership search? You went to VW. I probably went to VW.ca. I'm almost certainly typed that in. Have you rented any VWs? Uh, no. So you didn't rent any VWs yet? It's I, like, I'm, I might have gotten a Jetta like once, at a, but like you usually get like American cars at, um, in like the occasional, like while renting cars or in Zipcar, I, I think I rarely ever got a Volkswagen, but I got a, like Ford, Kia, Hyundai, uh, Honda, uh, Toyota, um, Chevy, like yeah. the whole gamut. Yeah. So. So, so your first search is because I really liked my old Volkswagen. Like that was like. Do you miss it? That car, yeah. Because I, I wanted like the smallest car I could possibly buy, like the smallest, cheapest car I could get. But unfortunately, like. But the Jetta's not the smallest or cheapest. Uh, it's definitely not the smallest. But like, all other things, it was pretty damn cheap what I got. Wait, but okay. So so the last car, the last Jetta you had, you said you didn't drive it that a, much. I had a Golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got like sentimental value. Of so when did you well, tell me about having that car? What was this like? The college car? Was it after college? Yeah, or? it was like, um, it was my dad's old. Like my my dad got rid of that Volkswagen. Like he had a Volkswagen Golf. Or he had this Volkswagen Golf, which was like you know had a sunroof and it was like, um, uh, it was like the last um, design. So it was like a 2000 Volkswagen Golf. Yeah. So I got that from him in my last year of university, and then I was living in Toronto for a bit, and then I um, took it out to Seattle. But like, like I said, when I was living there, I, I, I rarely ever drove it, but I think probably because I had it when I was in university in Toronto, like I, I really liked it. And it's also like, Volkswagens are pretty good for tall people, like the, the amount of legroom and stuff is good on it. How did you, and you knew that from the old one, or how did yeah. you know that? Well, I didn't know that was true about the Jetta until like I, the new Jetta until I drove one. But. Okay. Got it. So, so VW. So, find a dealer, drive to the dealership, and so, what did you do on the VW site? Do you remember what you I, saw? I probably just priced out what, like, I was like, okay, well, I gotta have like, what are like the most bare requirements I need? And it's like, well, I need like air conditioning, and I think that was about it. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And then I, I, was, I was trying to get an idea of like did, what. Did you look at a golf though, or did you, you went right to the Jetta? I, I think I did, but I, that Christmas I had, um, I had rented a car for like a week to go to like my in-laws and my parents and stuff, and it was a Kia Forte, I think. Uh, and, our, and the trunk is like, you know, it's a decent size, but it's bigger than a Golf's, and the thing was filled. Like every square inch was packed with like stroller, like portable crib, Christmas gifts, our stuff. Like, and I was just like, oh my God, and we filled this thing. I was like, if we ever buy, like, we buy a car, like a hatchback is just not gonna do it. And when was this? Sorry, I missed the date. That was, that was Christmas that I rented that car. Got it, okay, okay. So t I want to know what the VW site looks like. I want to. So it's like, can you see all the models? How do you get to one, How do you get to the Jetta? Is it like, do you go in and out of? I went in to look at the Golf for a little bit. I wanted to look at the Jetta. How, how do you navigate that site? Do you remember? It's a long time ago. Yeah, so. yeah I, I think it was just. I don't remember what was like on the, like main page, like what they were trying to sell you, mm -hmm. but like I'm pretty sure there's a drop down that was like, and it shows you all the different models. Um, so there's you know like. Golf, Jetta, Passat, EOS, whatever other like weird cars they now sell, yep. and uh, and like on the Jetta, there's like way too many lines. Like there's uh, like the standard ones, and then the hot like then there's like Jetta GLI, and like and they're sold they're sold almost as two different products. So I was like, well, what's the difference? So then I kind of you know dug into that. I was like, okay, price out like I said the lowest level Jetta with air conditioning. Yeah, what is that? And then I probably went to a couple other like websites for different brands. You didn't look for a Kia? Did you look for a Kia? I did price out a Kia, yeah. You did? Both all new, right? Uh, yeah, all the pricing out was new. Um, there were certain brands I like, I was just like, there's no way I'm gonna buy them because of like certain small like, right, design. Which, which one? Well, you're uh, a designer, was, so. Huh? Um, I, I'm not a designer, but I guess I'm from a kind of design-driven company, so. There are certain things that like I couldn't tolerate. Like I couldn't buy a Hyundai because there were certain things about the central console like just couldn't stand, and um, I just couldn't buy a Honda because there were things about the panel I just couldn't stand. And, uh, so, so you just rejection right out. Yeah, out, out, like outright rejection. I knew that I, every time I drive the car, I'd be like, piece of crap. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Just design flaw. Right. Yeah. yeah. Got it. And what, so Kia, what was And the, I already didn't want to buy a car, so if I was going to curse the thing every day, I knew I wasn't going to. So wait, what was it? Was it like you didn't like it, or was it like they didn't? It wasn't well, like there was, certain, there was some piece of the design I just didn't like. Okay. Like, can you give me one example? Um, like in a lot of Toyotas, they have like a, the dash is like central. Like there's no way I was doing that. I was just like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, on a Hyundai, like the buttons feel really cheap on all the things, the center console. Uh, on a Honda, it's not like they don't have um, the gauges aren't like um, mechanical; they're just like digital displays. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm driving like a Ford from the '80s or something. Uh, it's like they just cracked the technology. I was like, it just it's just not a nice tactile experience. Yep, got it. And so, so the people who made the list were VW and Kia. Um, Anybody else? What else? Uh, I looked at a all right, like priced out a like a Subaru, like a like the cheapest car they had, a, um, I can't even remember what the model was now. Uh, Subaru, what else? Because they had like dirt cheap financing. Uh, what, what does else? that mean, dirt cheap financing? Like they had like 0% financing for like five years in the car and I was like, well, maybe I can, I can justify something. Like 
a new car that I don't have to worry at all about it. Like, like in terms of like if anything goes wrong with this car, I'm gonna be like, you Got know, it. go to the dealership and be like, hey, this is your car. That I hate. So you had that concern it. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And you, I, and, you, and I just want to make sure I got this right. You bought it from a used car guy. Oh yeah, like I, I, I could not believe when I was like, I'm, I cannot believe I'm giving this guy like fourteen thousand dollars. Like, this, so you didn't even he literally looked it. like a Russian mobster working out of a, like a trailer. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and 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 the no, and the notion the notion is is you were looking at Subaru because they had cheap financing. Um. <laughs> yeah, like they're also, but like like. You know, the car had like utility to it that I liked, and then like there's the design of it was like it met my like base requirements for yeah. design. Okay. So so and utility, I guess. Sure. So, let's just move ahead for a second. So so at what point did you start to actively go look at cars? Did you actually go look at cars? Uh, no. Like because I said like I drove every car, I like I knew what I wanted. Yeah. So then But I, you hadn't driven wait, you didn't drive a VW. Uh yeah. Well <laughs> So when I actually went to a dealership like to like the first time I test drive the Jetta, I was like, okay, this is. When was that? Like, maybe five days before I bought the car. So, so this is. So I pretty much settled that I was going to buy a Jetta at that point. I'm like, unless the test drive goes horrific. And so. wait, so where did you? That was a different dealership, right? So this is like February twenty something. Twenty third, so. And that was was that a new new car dealership you drove it at? Yeah. It was a Volkswagen dealership. Like an actual. Okay. Which one? Yeah. Do you know? Where where was it? Uh, it was right near uh, Pearson. It was um, uh, frig. I can't remember the name of the dealership, but. Uh. <laughs> got it. But it was near. Where was it near again? Pearson. It was near the airport. Near the oh. airport. I got it. Okay. So so you, when did you go? What day did you go to drive it? But like what day of the week? Yeah. I I think it was a Monday because we actually. Um, a Monday. Yeah. How do you find time on a Monday to go drive a car? Because uh, I just didn't have time on the weekend. Like, and so I, I think I had to, I, I think the reason I scheduled that together is because I had to go to Pearson that morning for, um, um, I had to go to Pearson that morning for um, um, a security interview for um, yeah. like a trusted traveler program. Yeah, yeah. We got it for our son. So I had to bring him for an interview with the federal, okay. with the U.S. So, government. So uh, I'm going to go see the, the, yeah. the, the, and oh, by the way, I'm going to stop by the, the, the VW yeah. dealer. Yeah, and so I was like, well, if I'm there, I'll, like, I'll go to that VW dealership, and then I think I, and then I also, um, like, booked an interview at an, or booked a meeting at another VW dealership, because I was like, well, I'm going to go to this one, then we'll just go to the other one to see, like, pricing. Is your wife with you or not? My wife and my son. Okay, so your wife and your son is like, all right, we're going to go do this interview, and then we're going to go to two dealers. Yeah. Okay, you haven't been to a dealer in a while, had you? No, I, 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 no, I've actually never bought a, a new car. All right, so, so wait, give me, t like, give me time of day. So you got the, you've got the interview for the travel first. Yeah, that was like, or like, just gone, nine a.m. Yeah. or something like that. All and right, that, and that took like five minutes. And did you rent a car? Yeah, how'd you get there? Uh, I think I had a zip car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember which one it was? I think it was a Honda. So, so you hated it. I, like I didn't loathe it, but I, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not giving these people it. my money. So hey, I, I, I want to know the conversation going. So you're driving from the interview. Tell me about the conversation between you and your wife going into the VW. Is, is this because it contrasts between like, let's buy this car, let's get this over with, or like, hey, let's just go browse around. Let's, Give me the. Let's get this over with because we like just like there's only so many days we're gonna actually do this. Okay, like, so you're in your mind. There's like there's a decent chance I'm walking out of here with a car. Yeah, they gave me the right price. I was like, and what did you have a check with you? Probably. Did you have a check with you? Uh, 
I don't remember, but okay. probably. Okay. What What were you gonna buy? So like, do you have printouts of like the options oh, or like? I, so like this, like I'm, I'm a horrible like data nerd. Um, so like I had a I had a spreadsheet of like different cars I was considering. Yep. Both new and used, like, and then what like the operating cost of those cars would be for the next five years, like, like and then like what the like amortized cost of them would be. I was like, so I knew like. Like I had the trade-offs of like all fuel economy yeah. based on what I thought I was going to drive in the next year, which actually turned out to be correct, like in terms of mileage and stuff per month. Yep. What about it's insurance? So Did you get quotes from insurance on the different cars? Uh, I got quotes on a couple cars. Yeah. So, wait. So I, is the is the spreadsheet with you, or is it like that research is done? That research is. Oh, when I like, so then it was like, so that was all basically to like for my own mental buy-in of what I was getting. Yep. Um, and. When I started looking at used cars, there was like one or two-year-old Jettas that were just selling at like, I was just like, that is a huge drop off from new cars. I was just like, I think I can get this done and like justify the cost of it. Get what, get the new car done or get the no, used no, no, car No, 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 like done? getting it, I'm like, because I, I got like a one-year-old used fleet like VW that had 25,000 kilometers on it. Yep. And literally, you could, like. The car hadn't been detailed. Clearly, no one had ever sat in the backseat of this car. Got it. Um, but, but wait a second. We're already that. I want to know, how, how in the world did you get from the dealer with your kid and your wife after yeah. the interview to the, to the Russian so wait, mobster? No, so tell me about what? So, <laughs> to the, so tell me about walking. the timeline in, here. He's a reputable uh, gentleman. I'm sure he's, he very, he's very reputable. He'll, he so give, give me walking into the, into the dealership. You got, you, got a, you got to get the baby out. You got your wife with you. Yeah. Give, give me the, so this is like, I'm, I'm videotaping you walking in here. Yeah, I guess. Uh, give me the whole scene. Uh, um, so this dealership, which I think was one of the largest VW dealerships in Toronto, uh, was currently under renovation. So you walked into like their garage. So it was not a very... Okay. Like it's not a nice looking space. They had the like test car like ready to like was sitting there ready to go. Um, so you 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 called yeah. ahead or emailed ahead? Yeah, I had called ahead, being like, I when I get there, I want there to be someone who I can talk to. I don't want to like wait when I get there. And so they're like, okay, Joe or whatever the guy's name was. We'll okay, got it. Hey, wait, you call on the way or had you called the previous day? The previous you... day, yeah. Okay. Sunday. Yeah, it it would have been on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are, they, are they open Sunday? I have no idea. So what did you ask? They had the car there. What did, what did you ask for? I was like, I'm thinking about buying a, a used 2012 Jetta. Yep. Because they had a whole bunch listed on, uh, on uh, Craigslist. And, uh, um, and so I was like, OK, I want to test drive one of those. OK. Um, and so you don't know that this is like the, the car, but they pulled out some used 2012 Jetta. Some, yeah, used 2012 Trendline Jetta. Okay. And I was like, I didn't care about color. I didn't care about What's that. a Trendline? Uh, oh, sorry. It's just like the, there's like the, the, lo the lowest, cheapest Jetta is a Trendline. Okay. And then it's like Trendline plus, Comfort Line, Comfort Line plus, blah, 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 like yep. ad infinitum. So okay. wait, I just got to make sure you bought the Comfort Line, right? Yeah. So you didn't buy the cheapest one. Huh? No, this is why the Russian mobster was an even better deal. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Okay, so you walk in with your, do you, have, do you take the car seat out of the car, put your kid in the car? Or is your kid waiting? How are you doing this test drive? Uh, got to the place, my, we took Edison out of the car. My wife went, sat in the dealership, I did the test drive. And I came back and I was like, yeah, it's good, and, like it meets my standard of driving. Um, yeah. you know, like, What's your wife doing with Edison? It sounds just, I guess just sitting inside, you know. She didn't want to go. 
No, she didn't really care. She was like, if you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. Okay. And, and so, my, my stunningly beautiful wife, you mean. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I forgot to add that point. So why did you just sign right there? Uh, couldn't come to price. What do you mean you couldn't come to a price? You knew the prices already. Huh? Yeah, so I figured there was some room for haggling. Uh, right. <laughs> and there was none? There was none. Well, like, there, was, there wasn't. I was like, well, hold on. Like, I, I'm like, here are, uh, like, these are other prices I see. And the guy's like, then you get into that ridiculous interaction with sales guys at dealerships who are like, well, this is the best I can do. Let me go talk to my manager. And I was like, why do you have to? I'm like, you don't have the authority to like, do anything here? Like, why, why don't I just talk to your manager? And then, then I found out that this is how all this always works. And I was like, this did, is insane. What did he say? How did, he, how did you find out that's how it always works? Because it sounds ridiculous. What, well, then, like, when I told people afterwards, I was like, you would not believe how terrible it is going to a car oh. dealership. It was like, <laughs> oh, but in it the was moment, a shakedown. In like, the moment, you didn't know. You're just like, I can't talk to him, but he's the decision maker. I got to Right, talk I was to like, you. why? Yeah. Yeah, it was just, okay. Why do you need to, okay. And, and so you got, at this point, it's like, something's not right, I'm out. Uh, the, guy, like, the guy was like, no, he was like, we cannot go lower than, I, I can't remember what price he said, you know. I was just like, okay, well, then we're, I'm clearly misinformed about like the pricing of this car because other like used car listings are lower than that. Yeah. So I was like, I have an appointment with like another V dollar dealership yeah. down the highway. I'll uh, give you a call back if. And, and he didn't budge at all on that. Didn't budge at all. God. I think he called me at the end of the day, but. How'd you turn out? And so, you left there with your with your son and your beautiful wife. Yeah. And you went to the other dealer. Yeah. And 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 what were you hoping for when you went to the second dealer? that I could haggle a better price out of that guy. So, so haggling was important to you at this point? Well, like, I, I was like, if I can just buy from, if I can buy a certified used Volkswagen from the dealership, then I was like, I'll have like less concern in my mind about like the maintenance of it, that like it's always been maintained by a VW and blah, 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 blah. Like, that. But, but so, you'd so rather you get, have, do you have just a dollar amount in your head? Like, is there a? Yeah, I think, I think my wife and I had decided like on a, like max price or okay. something. Okay. So if I can get if I can get the guy down to this price, done. Like I I would drive out, save as much time as possible, and be just done with it, the whole thing. Got it. But I just want to make sure I'm clear. You you traded off the dealer uh, kind of security thing. Yeah. With Russian getting mobster. a better deal. Yeah. From the Russian mobster. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, so you went to the, so let's so now it's noon. Did you guys go eat between or I mean at some point when no, do you? We, so then we drove to the next dealership went through this rigmarole again, and the guy then tried to sell me like every other brand of Volkswagen. I was like, like no, I'm like, he was like, well, we can, I can sell you a Golf cheaper. I was like, my stroller doesn't fit in the back of a, Volkswagen, like a Volkswagen Golf. He was like, are you sure? I was like, are we actually gonna do this? <laughs> <laughs> I rolled the thing into the dealership, we popped open the trunk of the, like, the Golf there, yeah. and like, Look, doesn't fit, it, guy. <laughs> like, back to the conversation I wanna have. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so what is your wife, and uh, your beautiful wife, and Edison doing at this time? Sitting there kind of being like, my wife's a uh, very charming and polite person, but like, oh my god, you don't want to make enemies with her. Like, once you're on her, like, then you're done. You yeah. can just see her like biting her lip with this guy being like, why is, like, if you can't do the price, then just say it, like, and if, like, you're wasting our time, kind of thing. So I just got to make sure the humor is that you actually took the thing and put it in the Golf. Yeah, yeah, our stroller, yeah. Your stroller. And, and so how long were you there to that dealer? 
I don't know, an hour? Yeah. yeah. So, so you ended up at the Gulf after the jet. So it was like, did you get to a point on the Jetta with this guy, the second guy, where like, we're not going to get to this price, let's go someplace else? Is that how it? Yeah. So like, we went back and forth on price, and then same thing. He was like, well, let me talk to my manager about the price. And then manager's like, there's like no way we can go that low because he's like, well, this is the price we even bought the car at. I just, to which made me be like, hold on. I'm like, like, if he's telling me that number, something like I have, um, he has information that I don't have. Yep. Like something, he's making money elsewhere that I don't understand. Okay. I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna get ripped off. I'm leaving. Okay. Um, so what? Where, so I want to know like the thought. Or like I, I just d did not trust the scenario at that point. So the it's and it's not even one dealership or the other dealership at this point. It's like the whole the whole dealership thing is kind of yeah. weird. Which so, is unfortunate because I then drove to another dealership. A third There's, one. The third one? Yeah, there was another one like really close by. VW. Yeah. And so you're thinking the third time is gonna be different. I mean, like let's just see what happens. I'm like, I, I already sunk all this time dealing. I was like, I'm not taking another day off to deal with these idiots, so let's see what happens. <laughs> exact okay. same thing happened, yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't come to terms. And so I want to know what, what your feeling was when you left. Like, oh my god, I got to take I'm it never out. buying a car again. It's probably uh, that's right. yeah. Wait, so how, so the third, so I probably got, it was like, maybe we don't have to buy a car. <laughs> so the third guy didn't have, still didn't have a shot of like, let me get you into something older, more miles, anything. There's no like, because I guess I got to play it out. I went to the first, I thought I was getting a car at the beginning of this day. Yeah. Two dealerships down. The third guy has got to be playing some game to like, let's change your, let's change your, your hope. Let, you know, let's, let's change yeah. what you're trying to get. Nothing? So to which I'm pretty sure what my wife said, uh, it's like maybe our expectations on price isn't like right or something. Like, I was like, maybe we are, maybe like we really can't get it for this price based on the other thing. Yep. So then I was like, um, so I think after that third dealership, we went and ate, because you asked me that a second ago. And I was like, OK, well, let's like, go home. And I'll go back. I'll go to the office, and then we'll, we'll figure this out again. And I think, I think that night, or someday that week, because we bought the car. We bought the car, I think, on a Saturday. Yeah, it was, we bought the car on a Saturday, so I must have gone to the used car lot with my wife on like a Thursday night or something like that, like a Thursday or Friday. So how did you find the, the Russian guy? Uh, just like um, at something like Craigslist. Um, um, so, in, yeah, I don't know if that's So a, how do you what? think it's going to be any different than the dealer? Well, like his, his list price, like the price he had was like almost where I wanted it to be. Um, and it was just like a kind of freak listing of like low kilometers, like blah blah blah, yeah. and so I was like, I was like, okay, like, I'm like as bad as the dealers were. I'm like, so now I was mentally prepared. Like, used car dealer is going to be insanely bad, um, <laughs> and like this guy, I was just like, uh, yeah, like uh, when did you want to come in? I was like, I'll be there, whatever it was, like Thursday at six o'clock or something like that. And again, the three of us like piled, I think, into a zip car, went to the used car lot. Um, which was, yeah, an industrial space in like Oakville, like kind of outside of Toronto, um, or suburb of Toronto. And uh, car was, like I said, meticulous. Oh, the guy, like the office was just so shady and dirty. And I was just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But car was perfectly fine. He had just bought it at an auction like um, the week before. Um, and 
And he was like, uh, well, this is the price. I was like, there was literally nothing wrong with the car. Uh, I was like. Did you drive it? Huh, yeah, just like around the block. And I was like, I, I was just like, this thing is brand new. So I was like, I just want to take it to the Volkswagen dealership on, the, the third dealership I went to was actually on the other side of the highway. So I was like, can I take it to them to inspect it? Um, and I was like, I can't remember what his asking price was. And I was like, can you do it at this price? And he like hit a calculator, he's like, done. I was like, okay. The next day my wife brought the car to the VW dealership. Yeah. The mechanic told her, uh, he was like, this is a brand, this is a brand new car. I was like, there's nothing wrong with this car. Um, so we went on Saturday, gave him the money, and uh, the went car. to the, yeah. Cert certified? Warranty? Yeah, it was like you, all your standard, like it still was covered by like, you know, five year, 100,000. it wasn't a certified pre-owned? No, it wasn't a certified pre-owned, but it still had like all the, like. How many miles? Uh, it had, it had, had 28,000 kilometers on it. So. Okay. So and it was like 100,000, like. And it wasn't the lowest price one? Uh, no, but that like, it was still like the lowest price Jetta I could possibly buy in southeastern Ontario, I'm guessing. <laughs> Got it. All right, two minutes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. What was the what was the push? The train. The 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 having the kid, right? It was it was the fact of rental cars and having to, to try to find the right one. It was like all the inconvenience. About it. What was the pull? VW, some historical, emotional. College, college VW. What? It's college it's VW, yeah. right. But it's also the fact is, is that, that uh, but there were certain things that were out for sure, right? What was the anxiety? The car's going to break, the price, right? <laughs> Getting a deal. At the end of the day, all he really wanted was a little bit off. Right? And the ability to negotiate. And if you didn't have that ability to negotiate, it was done. Right? So the other interesting thing that you hear, we always look for like really discrete stories. Piling all the stuff in the trunk was just, you, you could picture him standing there saying like, all right, this is, a, this is a design consideration that I need to be aware of, right? A day ago, it wasn't like that. But now it's like the Kia trunk is full. If, if, the, if the Golf can't, can't make it, it's out. It's out. And so the, the, the notion is, is that all, those, all that story helps you lead to, again, how unique do you think his story is, actually? It's not. <laughs> when you start to look at, when you start to do three, four, and to be honest, we've been doing them for you start to realize there's an issue here of, um, that there's so, patterns. So we skip, we got to talk about the last Hab one. Because, so the, the habit of the present was fantastic because you could feel this, I, I, I haven't owned a car in so long, and he talked about his friends. So we have friends that have kids that have done this. So now there's like a, we can do this. We can pull this off. We can overcome the evil car dealership people that want us to drive cars because we know people that have done that, right? There's a habit. We can, we can innovate and we can get around it. So there's something for at least for a year, uh, eight months after the baby's born. It's like, no, we're not doing it. Like we can zip car it. Yep. We can take the go train. We're not going to tip. Yeah. But you, 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 have to, you have to start to feel how everything else starts to pile up. The fact that she got stranded on the, on the, on the, um, the deck of the train, everything piles up in order to, to get them to, to eventually switch. Time. Time's so, up. So the thing is, is, we're staying around for the next three days. So we'll, we'll be here for questions the whole time, unless we can actually can ask one. Are we up? Two minutes, because it's a break, right? Yeah. Two minutes. One question, two questions. <clears throat> yes, just talk it out. Yep. Is it 
Exactly. So, so the yeah. thing is, you start. So, so does Zipcar have an opportunity to just rent long term or buy from them? Can they take their customer base and somehow monetize it in a different way, knowing that people are struggling like this and and wanting to get out on this? Can they can they leverage their? And that habit is so big. That my thing is, is to leverage that habit because progress of buying the car, you want them to go the other way. So you actually create anxiety. The new the new. Do you actually? advertise the new car buying experience to create anxiety to keep them with zip. <laughs> right? Yep, where? where? Oh, hey. yeah, go ahead. Hey, so, uh, so I'm always battling uh, people in, in my company, minimum viable product yeah. versus something that I th think is actually uh, exciting and sellable, right? Yep. So, so I'm always going for more. They're always going for less. And, you know, the various diagrams that, that you showed, yep. you know, look to me like if I give somebody the complete minimum, right, and I'm giving them things that they might expect, yep. they're not actually going to be delighted or see a, a very different way of doing things. That's so correct. I'm just trying to find confirmation for my bias so I can go yep. back and tell people I'm right. That's right. That's right. If you just give them the basics, it's not necessarily, you need to actually hit the performance. But the key is what are the performance and the excitement variables? And what are the, the criteria? Because at some point you need to listen to stories of what people have done in the past because there are, for every one of Tyler's, there's probably another 300 or 300,000 people out there trying to buy who are going through the same kind of experience. So how do you make it better for him or them to buy cars? The, the other thing that we always talk about is what we call this the big hire. So it's the switch, it's buying, buying the product. But the other thing that we always need to consider is the little higher, so using it. Every time you get in the car and you drive it, is it, is it delighting you or is it, anno is it annoying you and pushing you towards another, another car? So there might be something in addition to basic quality that you need to add to, to keep them delighted over time. And, and this works in software, this works in services, this works in everything. Thanks for listening to the Business of Software podcast. For more information, go to businessofsoftware.org.